You're listening to one of the most iconic stations in the nation. An American original. Talk Radio 77. WABC and WABCRadio.com. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and Reed. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rippin' Reed. Why is everybody always picking on me? That's him on his knees. I know that's him. Yelling seven come eleven down in the boys' gym. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. He's a clown. That Charlie Brown. He's gonna get caught. Just you wait and see. Why is everybody always picking on me? And he is... The theme song of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens. He's going to get caught, and each and every day he gives more and more information out. Then my wife Nancy does the deep dive on the e-attorney that you can now hear twice a week on the Rip and Read doing the deep, deep dive that the other media either chooses not to do or they don't have the resource to do. And she also does it Sunday night uh, from uh, 9 to 10, right before we do the Animal Welfare Hour together, the most listened to, requested, and the many shows that I do all weekend long uh, and all week. Uh, And uh, it's interesting that the news and information that Nancy's able to follow up on oftentimes leads to breaking news. One of the tasks Nancy has is she has to watch the once-a-week press conferences of Eric Adams. It's the only time he'll take off-topic questions. I realize you're having to listen to a lot of self-gratification, but you are able to get the pearls, the nuggets out of all that nonsense. No, it's it's definitely audio gold um, just to hear him go off the cuff a little bit. I mean, you can tell they rein him in quite a bit. Um, Periodically, they... They pass some notes, so I guess he's getting off course, so they just cut. But, you know, they, they keep him on lockdown pretty good. And his corporation counsel always butts in to keep him from saying something that might speed up an indictment by the U.S. Attorney <laughs> of the Southern District. So she cuts him off right at the knees. But yesterday, this guy takes us on a roller coaster ride every few weeks, and you get vertigo. Two months ago, we were going to be bankrupt by the beginning of the year. We'd have no money whatsoever. It was dire. I'm canceling five recruitment classes for the NYPD. I'm removing the fifth firefighter on some of the uh, trucks uh, that are stationed in the firehouses. Everything was draconian. Then all of a sudden, a month, month and a half later, glory, Haliaski, hallelujah, we got dough. We got dough. And yesterday was more self-gratification. We looked over with the monies we was able to save. We were able to restore some of the cuts, particularly around public safety, because I know how important that is. And so there are going to be people who, people who are crit- critiquing us. Uh, but you know what? Uh, we are the men and the women in the arena. And we know what it took. We know what we have to do, and we have to stay focused on that. That's what I tell the team all the time. We just have to stay focused because this task is a Herculean task, and history is going to be kind to this administration when they see what we, we, we accomplish. 
Yeah, something tells me some of the um, the budget cuts for safety that he's reversing. Maybe Robbie Robot's family is going to grow a little bit larger. <laughs> More technology. More. But in the area of migrant spending, there is still these no-bid contracts and no transparency, which uh, are part and parcel of every new contract because he has declared – emergency executive powers. They always do that. They did it during COVID. They're doing it now. And we don't really know how much money is being spent because you've done the deep dive. Tell us how difficult it is in some of these contracts to find how even a nickel, dime, a penny of our money is being spent. Well, I mean, that's the problem, right? Because this is uh, considered emergency funding, right? So, and, and that's where the problem comes from when they want to make these emergency declarations. Right away, it means that they can act unilaterally in many instances, but it's no bid contracts. So, you know, clearly efficiency is out the out the wall there. And then there's also no transparency. So it's being approved without having the general oversight and, you know, like really looking into who the vendor is that's supplying the goods and services. And see, what you don't understand, Nancy, is that wherever Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan goes, mayor of the illegal aliens, New Yorkers are saying, thanks, Eric. Thanks. Thanks for saving us. So New Yorkers are not saying, Eric, we're getting whiplash. New Yorkers are saying thanks for restoring the police class. Thanks for restoring, uh, keeping the libraries for now harmless. Thanks for these things that you're doing. That's what New Yorkers are saying to me when I'm on the subway and I walk the streets. But we, I understand that the people are going to critique us. That's part of the business of being a mayor. We're going to be crit- critiqued this administration. When the hell is he ever on the subways? You would think that this guy spent half of his life on the subways. He's never down there. And I'm pretty sure he's not getting kudos when he does go on the subways. Hell no. (laughs) You're stuck in that car. That's why I love the subways. It's a focus group. You can't escape. Your critics, those who praise you, but you can just tell the vibe, the way people look at you, that they're pissed off at you. And there's no damn, damn way that everywhere that Eric Adams goes, people are saying, oh, thank you for finding all this money. This is money that was there to begin well, with. And that's, the, and that's the question, right? Like, how is it that he's finding it? So supposedly, um, you know, like uh, $2 billion roughly of the migrant cost were um, made more efficient. Oh, we figured out ways to make it more efficient. Well, why didn't you do that before and save the money before you got here? $2 billion? $2 billion. Yeah, like they're going to be efficient with $2 billion. They're all no-bid contracts. You say contract. I say kickbacks. Ladies and gentlemen, I promise all of you it's not just going to be a one-minute story and then Nancy doesn't do the deep dive. We're going to find out where the money is being spent because they have redacted this information. They redacted from the contracts. He's not going to get away with this fiscal technology because this is you, the people's money. And then, and then... He said he empathizes and sympathizes with all the residents who live around Floyd Bennett Field on the Brooklyn side or the Rockaway side who are under siege because the illegal aliens that he put in the floodplain on runway 19 in the tents that he was advised not to do, not to do over and over, are laying siege to the neighborhoods by going up to people's homes, going in their backyards, begging, going shoplifting in King's Plaza, and generally becoming a menace to the local neighborhood. As I shared with, you know, with my friends around the Floyd Bennett Field, that the visualization of this crisis is going to start to materialize in our neighborhoods. Our neighborhoods are going to shift and change. And so to those who are there 
um, that, you know, feel as though they're being treated unfairly. That is not our desire. Our desire is to accommodate people with the best within our means. Our hearts may be endless, but our resources are not. And so we're going to ask them to be patient with us. Be patient with him. (laughs) As he destroys neighborhoods. Well, we have a plan underway. You can go to our social networking, my Facebook, my Twitter account, my Instagram, and you can see Park Slope, do your fair share. Park Slope, the liberal, progressive, democratic socialist enclave in Brooklyn has an armory available, 140,000 feet. They could easily house these mothers and children who should not be in tents. Everyone acknowledges that on a floodplain, especially in this kind of weather. They could be moved in there overnight, and the city refuses to do it. And all the elected officials in that area, which is the People's Republic of Park Slope, all socialists, are not offering the use of their armory on 8th Avenue and 15th Street. Because it's a YMCA for the bourgeois. I mean, and look at what, what it's in close proximity to. There's a, a hospital uh, within a few blocks of that. It's near all major mass transportation uh, schools. That's so, right, schools within walking distance. Yeah, I mean, you can't. I can't imagine a better place if you're trying to situate these people appropriately. So we're trying to force this issue, ladies and gentlemen, because they're now being shipped back to their country of origin. Don't knock yourself out and think that's going to happen right now. And it isn't. But we can give relief to the people of Brooklyn and the Rockaways who live in and around Floyd Bennett Field who are under siege and move, especially the mothers and the children, into the armory at 8th Avenue and 15th Street. We have reached out to all the Democratic, Socialist, Liberal, Progressive elected officials in the People's Republic of Park Slope. And do you know we have no takers? But we have a YMCA there. We have basketball courts and volleyball courts and naturally doing yoga and aerobics. You bourgeois, you wouldn't give that up to house illegal aliens, mothers and children who are freezing their tuchuses out on runway 19. You bourgeois. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Talking about this is the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Two weeks of early every morning just to do our hand now because she can't jump. She's 
As we continue on, it's the Rip and Read featuring Nancy Sliwa, my wife, the attorney who does the deep dive on these issues. And it has to do with the homelessness in this uh, sub-zero uh, freezing weather with the wind chill factors. And how the focus is on the migrants. Lead story of the New York Times is how migrants sleep in the snow and desperate wait for ID cards. So... I'm used to seeing that, Nancy, so I, I, I read it intensely. And this is this reticketing center that they have, which is on Avenue B and 6th Street in the Lower East Side next to Tompkins Square Park. It's the old St. Rita's Parish. In fact, ironically, it's the place that I ended up jumping out of the moving cab after I had been shot with five hollow-point bullets back on June 19th and 1992 on the orders of John Gotti Sr. to John Gotti Jr. and the Gambino crime family. That was the spot they landed, right outside of St. Rita's. So I know that area very well. And it turns out that these illegal aliens left the Roosevelt Hotel at night where they're nice and warm and toasty to try to get a jump on anybody else showing up in the morning, sort of like if you're going there for Springsteen tickets or uh, customized designer sneakers that are coming out, you know, out of a footlocker, and you decide, I'm a, we'll wait it out. So it's by choice, not because they're forced to. And that's why I want to point out Nancy's experiences of late in the subway and my experiences with our own born and raised American homegrown homeless, most of them African-American men, some women, and some of them veterans, what have your experiences been of late, Nancy? Um, well, I mean, obviously, the amount of the homeless people on the subways now is more so than before because it is so cold out. Um, you know, it's very hard to find consistently warm places. And the one of the lines that I take, uh, the E, underground, it's like underground. So uh, this is kind of one of like the, the big spots. Um, I would say... What I see a lot of is people who are just on the platforms, combinations of sleeping and passed out. So, uh, you know, they'll be covered in their jackets, um, you know, maybe a bag next to them. It's hard to tell to some extent if these people are alert, um, you know, if they're maybe having a drug issue or whatever might be going on with them. But a lot of them, I mean, and clearly not clothed at all, like sufficiently for this cold weather and sleeping on the the pavement itself. Um, You know, a lot of that. And the other part, too, is when you get onto the subway cars, they're filled up a lot with, uh, you know, people sleeping on the seats themselves. So they're sprawled out for probably the entirety of the time. But, I mean, you, 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 you're standing there, but, I mean, that's what it is. It's like they're basically within the subway platforms and in the, the trains themselves. It's all throughout the system. The colder it gets, the more use it as a sanctuary. The most famous picture of late the homeless man at the end of the platform under a blanket. And when the person filming it went over to make sure he was okay, because a lot of times, and I've, I've seen this myself, I check them, see if they're breathing, see if they have a pulse. Could have, a lot of them are diabetics, diabetic shock. They could have had a stroke, could have had a heart attack. People are frightened of them. They don't want to go near them and touch them. It doesn't bother me in the least. So I do what you would call an instant wellness check. Well, when this 
videographer did an instant wellness check to make sure the guy was okay underneath the blanket, 20 rats came scurrying out. I mean, and I, that's probably even just to keep warm. I could see the rats wanting to keep warm on him and vice versa. I mean, it's body heat. Yeah, but the point is, is that it shows you how out of control the subways are. That's where a lot of the homeless and emotionally disturbed are living. The colder it gets, the more seek comfort in the subways. And there is an agency that gets millions and millions of dollars. And I think we've got to take a vow to break this organization, Nancy. It is a fiefdom. It is a um, layover from the days of Meyer Lansky, a.k.a. Hyman Roth, a.k.a. Sheldon Silver of the Lower East Side. This guy is an independent and autonomous uh, a guy who runs a nonprofit. What is his name? Muggsy Rosenblatt? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Muzzy. Oh, Muzzy. Muzzy. He might as well be Muggsy Rosenblatt. He probably he probably grew up uh, with uh, Bugsy Siegel down there and a lot of the Jewish gangsters in the Lower East Side because he runs this agency with no oversight, no checks and balances, and they're the ones who are supposed to be taking care of the homeless or the emotionally disturbed who are living in the subways. Yeah, so this is the Bow- Bowery Residence Committee. Um, they've for years been responsible um, for providing homeless outreach for New York City. And this is in spite of consistently getting uh, called out. So, for instance, in 2019, the MTA inspector general said that they appear to be uh, providing at best minimal outreach services, in many instances turning people away who need help. And the state comptroller wrote um, the following year that the data was unreliable about how often workers are deployed to the subway stations and how many homeless people are helped. Now, I read this report, and it was just a complete shortfall from start to finish with oversight. Um, like, So there's no clear indication of what you consider to be helping the person. So if you walk up to them, you walk by them, you walk past them, that's considered interacting with them, irrespective of whether you do anything or not to you know, position them into a place they need to go. So... They only have 1,800 employees as of this year with only 100 outreach workers. So you can imagine how minimal an effect that is. Hold on a second. They wear these glow-in-the-dark orange uh, jackets that say on a BRC. Occasionally I've seen them. But they only have 100 outreach workers who actually go into the subways? One, okay, 100 outreach workers. Now, the contract that they just got in July of this last year was upped from the previous contract they got in terms of funding. So they got a $103 million three-year contract, and they're consistently only taking care of roughly 10,000 homeless people on the subway. So that's their level of outreach that they have. That's a lot of money and an incredible increase to have just gotten given the incredible amount of complaints they've had against them and the very little um, successful work they're able to point to. How much uh, money does Muggsy, what a name, Muggsy Rosenblatt, oh, man. Oh, he does well for himself. He makes over 400000 a year. What? Yes, 400000 a this year. This guy is like 86. He's like a cadaver in formaldehyde. Yeah. He's politically connected with all the Democrats going back again to Sheldon Silver on the Lower East Side. They're afraid of this guy. He gets slammed by a state controller, DiNapoli's report, like he can't show what developments take place from the million spent. 
In fact, today's lead story, Sid Rosenberg had on the attorney for Daniel Penny this morning, Kniff, who went into court seeking that the New York City uh, judge hearing the case dismiss it based on the, uh, the preponderance of evidence in favor of, uh, of uh, Daniel Penny. The judge decided not to. The case moves on. But when we did the deep dive on Jordan Neely, who was the emotionally disturbed young man that was choked out by Marine Daniel Penny, it turned out that he was on the list of the 50 most dangerous, homeless, emotionally disturbed persons living in the subway. Accumulate. The list is kept by the BRC. We make a list. We make it twice. They don't remove the people. They don't bring them to uh, get a psychiatric observation. They just track them, and then they keep a list. Oh, no, they're more dangerous this week, this not is, this, this is week. Like the, this is a can, uh, theme, clearly, right? Uh, people keeping lists that they're not sharing with the public at large, the information they need to know, right? <laughs> same, same like the terrorist watch list. It's like information that the people need to know, and it's being kept from them. Yes, and, and again— who is, uh, what is the name of the nonprofit organization? Oh, that's Bowery Residence Committee. Right. This is different than the Bowery mission that many people are familiar with that do very good work. Uh, I have been there during the holidays giving out the food to the men and the women, the destitute, the poor, the elderly. Yeah, and also the the, the Bowery um, uh, uh, c- committee as well, the residence committee that is uh, supposed to be helping the people in the subway. Uh, you know, when we were uh, there in the subway during COVID and we were distributing food to the people who were living in the subway, their offices were closed. They closed their doors. They had people waiting outside their doors who had mental issues, who thought they were going to open up every single day and they weren't showing up. This That's, was right yeah. in Penn Station, right at the entrance, 7th Avenue of 32nd Street. You take the escalator down. They abandoned ship. We went down there. When I say we, me, Nancy, the guardian angels, and we fed and we clothed and we washed uh, the homeless and emotionally disturbed with rubbing alcohol. We tried to find them a bathroom. They closed all the bathrooms. It was like a scene out of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. And the agency that got millions of dollars just to have a little satellite storefront there so they could walk in abandoned ship. Oh, we might get sick. And they ran away. I mean, it it could have been so useful right then. They were right there. Everyone was waiting at these doors. Let's uh, make it a point. We want to uh, specifically target Muggsy Rosenblatt, (laughs) who takes us back probably to Murder Incorporated, Lepke, Gura, Meyer Lansky, and Bugsy Siegel, and, of course, Sheldon Silver. I mean, if this isn't corruption, I don't know what is. But some breaking news here, please. Breaking news. WABC. Again, the city does nothing. I've informed the agencies. I've informed prosecutors. I've reached out to as many different people as I can. Organized bands of Venezuelans, men and women, who are housed in our migrant shelters, have come together. And they are hanging out in Home Depot parking lots. They are not there for day labor. That has been the tradition for many, many years. They are specifically there to hustle you so that if you are coming out with your uh, uh, your shopping cart filled with goods from Home Depot, they insist, they bum rush your cart, particularly if you're a woman with children or grandchildren. They bum rush you. They say, we'll carry the packages to the car. We'll carry it. And, and they do it in either broken English or they show you on their iPhone or their smartphone. And then... 
when they carry your packages against your will, they want money in return for your packages. Or they'll hang outside and they got a car right there and they ask you to go in and buy them goods. And then this car is stuffed with goods. And they're telling other customers who are going in and out that they just arrived and they're looking for jobs and they're showing their cell phones and smartphones with it in English. Don't go for the scam. Report it to the police. They won't do anything. Report it to management of Home Depot, BJ Wholesale Outlet, because they have to manage and secure their parking lots. They won't do anything about it. City Hall won't do anything about it. It's open criminality. These young Venezuelan men and women are shaking down, are extorting money in our country, in our city. I thought that there are guests we're supposed to be taking care of them. And they're serving us by basically, might as well be pickpocketing you and intimidating the hell out of anybody who goes into those parking lots. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Rip and Read. Talking about featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. So in the midst of this migrant mess that Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens have created, his total priority is raising money for his re-election. We'll get to that momentarily. And uh, his special legal defense fund so that he's got layers of lawyers when the U.S. attorney for the Southern District indicts him. And it appears that may soon be coming for political corruption. Remember the battle cry of Eric Adams, no matter what the subject is. It's always I and me, not us and we. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. You deal with Eric Adams, people will tell you. You don't even get to first base unless you flash some cash. Unless you make it very apparent to his sickle fans, toadies, and lackeys, that there's going to be money involved in this transaction, money for Eric Adams and money for friends of Eric Adams. So yesterday at the press conference, towards the end, the reporters uh, zeroed in on the fact that he has collected $750,000 for his legal defense fund in world record time. Listen to the question and listen how he mumbles and he stumbles. You brought in more than $650,000 to your legal defense fund. That's a lot of money in a little bit of time in the last two months. Wondering what type of donors uh, gave that money to your legal defense fund. Uh, uh, um, uh, 
Jack will go into uh, the, your, your first part of the question. Uh, uh, I would just say the... A humming, a humming, a humming, a humming. It sounds like Ralph Cramden of the Honeymooners. I mean, he was stumbling him up. Could you play that cut one more time? Same cut, wrong way, Lou Ruffino, and listen to him stumble. Now, he knew the, he knew the question was coming, but he hadn't formulated a lie yet to explain it. You brought in more than $650,000 to your legal defense fund. That's a lot of money and a little bit of time in the last two months. Wondering what type of donors uh, gave that money to your legal defense fund. Uh, 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 Jack will go into uh, the, your, your first part of the question. Uh, uh, and I would just say the... Uh, let's have the full cut that actually follows uh, with a stumbling and mumbling. And uh, um, um, uh, Jack will go into uh, the, your, your first part of the question. Uh, uh, and I would just say the uh, the trust, uh, all this is going to be public dealing with um, the trust. As I stated in the beginning of this uh, issue, New York is called. <laughs> and they said that, um, you know, we want to help. You know, <laughs> people have known my character and they said they w- we want to help. And I think that's a reflection of it. So people, just random New Yorkers called up, Eric, how can I help you, you crook? That's a very New Yorker thing to do. Last thing in the world. <laughs> they avoid you. They wouldn't want, you know. So Not no, if you no. need money. Yeah, they might avoid you. Exactly. In New Yorkers, historically, you need money. They know that. They avoid they you at all costs. Don't take your calls. Yeah. yeah, like they purposely. And then he embellished that. He embellished that. And... Of uh, the the uh, contributions were were made to you know to assist the in the uh, legal fee. So um, I just I thank those New Yorkers. You know, people have known me for years. You know, from my days of being a police officer, state senate, borough president, and now I'm the mayor. And um, you know, you you sometimes don't realize you know how, how people appreciate your your life of service from wearing that bulletproof vest to you know being the mayor of the city. So I just thank those New Yorkers who who responded. Oh, they did it all out of the goodness of their heart. They did it because he said, show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. Let me explain, Mr. Sliwin, to our audience how this works. Frank Caron, who looks like a character out of Goodfellas, is his bag man, his fundraiser. He now runs the biggest lobbyist firm in the city. You want to do business with Eric Adams and City Hall, you got to go through Frank Caron. He tells you straight up, Brooklyn style, said, hey, you want to get the attention of the mayor for your project? Look, I'm not going to tell you your project isn't any good, but if you, the mayor's a very difficult, uh, busy person. You make a nice contribution to his legal defense fund, and I guarantee you, your request will be prioritized. You scratch our bellies, we scratch your bellies. It's a quid pro quo. How the hell do you let this guy not only lobby the city, that's the guy you got to go to, the gatekeeper, but raise money for his reelection, tainted as that is, and the guy is like a mob boss.